Good morning. How are you this morning today? How are you? You sound sniffly. I am. That's why I was looking for my stuff. We'll see how far I get because I'm not sure how to um how to mute sniffly. Oh, I have no idea. I don't <laughs> see a mute button. So I know. I'm like, wow. I could uh Cover up my mic on my headpiece if I knew where that was. We could just keep it short today if that works. So hopefully your sniffles will. Well, I took some medicine. The, the, it'll just it's just that it'll it'll take a little bit to kick in. All right, let's go ahead and give it a whirl, shall we? Let's give it a whirl. Oh my goodness. Shall we start again? Yeah. So cut this first part out. I'll do my best um, to cut this first part out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're asking me to try talents I don't know if I have yet. Oh, well, if, you, if not, I don't want to, you know. Well, yeah, we'll challenge you. Yeah, see I'll see what I out. can do. Yeah. Yes. I think there's a way okay. to do it. I just have to be smarter than anchor. All right, so here's what we'll do. If we start at two minutes, can you? So my thing says 136, 137, 2. Yeah. So if we start at two o'clock, I mean at two minutes, then you know everything before then. You could just um, cut. That works. All right. All right. Ooh. All right. I'm at two. Go. <laughs> yes hello 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 it's uh great to be having another chat with you look forward to seeing where we go yes likewise I actually came with a question for you today so I will ask it after we do our introductions all right well um this is Shauna Barnes with Wild Wealth Creation and just out here helping women live fully, build wealth, and create legacy. I love that as always. I'm Margaret Bell. Thank you. I am a therapist specializing in grief and trauma, and I am here to help people live their best and fullest life. Awesome. Yeah. Especially so, people with trauma. Yes. You go, woman. Yes, it's, it. it's hard. Well, it's not hard. It's just I don't know. I think of Peter Levine who says um, he's a big trauma person in the field that trauma is just not being present. Mm -hmm. And I just love that definition because there's a lot of people that have shame. Like, well, I broke my foot. That's not trauma. Well, if it's trauma for you, it's trauma. It may not be that you grew up in a war-torn country because that is trauma. It's self-defined. If it impacts our nervous system, then it's trauma. So... Look at you sound all smart and informed. I love that. I work hard at it. <laughs> I do so many trainings. Well, it, oh my gosh. It's, it's working, my friend. It's working. Yes. So my question for you, I was thinking about you this week and what you do. What do you find are women's biggest obstacles or blocks to wealth, creating their wealth, having their wealth, whatever it is. So like when you're working with them, is there like a theme that you'd be like, oh yeah, this is common 
for women. Mm. Yeah, I that's a that's an awesome question. I it, how would I say this? Well, I would say it is systemic. <laughs> Quite honestly, mm-hmm. we don't um, all the issues that are having wealth, right? So if we believe wealthy people are bad, then how do we want wealth? Is it a sin? And then do we know women who have wealth, especially if they're spiritual people? Uh, Spiritual people are supposed to be giving, right? Mm -hmm. So is it okay for them to have wealth? It is a lot of mind mess <laughs> because because of uh, what we believe. I heard uh, what I was listening to uh, Vish is it Vishnu um, the uh, gentleman who is the I think he's the founder and the CEO of Mind Valley, and he was talking about how we are impacted by by traditions and we don't even realize it or by history and so basically we're trying to make decisions and live a different life a better life as you and i were just talking about but we're in but we're strongly influenced by dead people people who aren't here anymore people are are alive who maybe said right who maybe said money doesn't grow on trees or who really did act as though anyone who had money was was bad or evil or um, arrogant, right? Ooh, and yes, right. And then if can't, you know, any guilt that's attached to exceeding what your family did or your parents achieved. Um, again, they may be alive, but they may not be. Um, whatever the family that one's ancestors believe to be true in our world around wealth, and especially subconsciously, can really have a strong impact if we don't. Right? Them or or minimally replace them with something that serves us today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you well, aware of any <laughs> ancestral beliefs around money that influence have influenced you that may have influenced you or that um, just just lingering out there? you are faster than i am i love that come on why okay there it goes (laughs) music has stopped (laughs) technology is not our friends today oh it's just teasing (laughs) us a little bit just make it it's like oh i'm gonna test you today i'm gonna test your editing skills today margaret (laughs) (laughs) ah yes 
okay. see what I can do. All right. So ancestors and beliefs and right. how that impacts us. Continue, please. Sure. So if we think about when we were growing up and whoever our parental units were and how they communicated about wealth or money, but also how did they communicate with each other around wealth or money? So, right? So those, um, you know, we tend to be, humans tend to be pretty impressionable um, at a young age and sometimes not even aware of (laughs) what's being impressed upon us. Those, Those pieces can impact us, whether it's the, I mean, presumably our divorce rate is really high in this country and it's fairly common for the number one reason to have something to do with money. So I was, you know, again, I was reading, I think it was a meme or something on Instagram. I love this the other day and it was talking about how, you know, before you get married, have a frank conversation about, about finances, not just your finances, but you know, what is the financial understanding that you have out there and how are we going to navigate this? Because here's the thing about money. It doesn't have to be a problem. It's not talking about it that, and having some assumptions, uh, probably like raising a child. We assume, you know, I always assume when I was a kid, my mom and dad were on the same track until I got older. And I was like, yeah, that's not true. But, you know, there's this assumption that two married people are on the same page. And I think that happens with money as well. And then so you have not only one person's current experience with money, you have their ancestral history and then their family of origin, right? And then you have the other person. So, you know, do the math. That's just a lot of influence that unspoken are imp- may be impacting the behavior, the beliefs, um, you know, and the, and the, what would you say, desires around money? Yes. Wow. So that's a lot that goes into it. And then for women also, like you said, like systemic and how all those like, just feel like they piggyback off right, of right. each other. Never mind. What does it say if in the world really women make 80, what, two cents on a dollar for men? Mm-hmm. Right. If you, especially when we see how hard women work and then to see, you know, if any of, if you, if you in a work environment, which I've been where I felt like I was, <laughs> you know, living up to it. And then to have a male counterpart who's not, and who's making maybe the same, maybe more. It's like, how does that work? It's all, you know, these, um, messages a lot to sort out but sort outable <laughs> yeah figure outable yeah so then how do you help like empower women to be like okay what is my money story and what am i doing to heal it and even in those things like okay this guy next to me is making 18 cents more an hour than me how do mm-hmm. i right because so many women and I feel that that taps into a lot of employers say you can't talk about your wages with your coworkers. Right? Have you had jobs that have that kind of 
unwritten rule not to talk about what you get paid. I thought that was in society. Now I haven't been in a job that said don't do that, but I I do know that's out there, and I can tell you uh, one one company. I was just I marvel because what happened is they had people who worked there, you know, 10, 20 years or what have you, and were doing a really good job, but some of them retired and they wanted to replace them. Well, the new folks coming out wanted a salary that was commensurate with the people that had been there 20 years, which was like um, very unpopular with the, with the tenured staff. Yes. Um, uh, so... Right. So probably like as with you with trauma, it depends on the person and the and the you know, the the issue and where they're you know, all these things that are um impacting them in that moment. But I would say that the biggest piece with the man who's you know, who who's making eighteen cents more an hour, which which I will have to tell you, they, the stat I saw was women have to work 47 more days in a year to make as much as men, which is so crazy to me. Because, and the reason that is, is not just because of that difference in pay, but also because women tend to be responsible for the home and the children, if there are any. So they are already... Uh, taking extra time off, staying home with someone who's, you know, a child who's sick, um, going to the teach parent teacher conferences. So it, it it's, it's mind boggling. However, the biggest piece for mental health is around money. In my experience is, is not to compare is to stay in one's own lane. And I know someone will say, well, that's easier said than done. Right. But who said it was supposed to be easy? I'm saying it's simple. And then we put in place tools and practices to really support us going forward, right? So that we, we know that there's someone else doing anything. But if, if the person in the lane next to me continues to pull me off track, it's not helping me. If you want to use that as a motivation, sure. But it's not helping me if I continue to think less of myself. But if I focus solely on what I'm here to do and what I'm able to do and where I want to go, I mean, that's saying, saying spot on that desire. That's what moves us forward in anything, but even with building wealth. Ooh. Well, there's a lot there. Like, oftentimes it seems so simple, right? Like when you listen to like Tony Robbins or maybe not simple, but you're like, I can do this, but it doesn't always get to like that undercurrent, right? Of what's locking me. You know, I think motivational speakers are really good about getting us like, yes. And then they're like, oh, I don't have the tools that I need to climb Everest right now. Right. And that's the part that I, the, the gap I'm, 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 I'm filling, I'm working to fill, right? Is that, <clears throat> the mental and emotional impact elements <laughs> need to be addressed either either before or alongside of building wealth. Oh. So you don't we don't keep getting in our way. And there's a whole bunch to overcome and it's something we can overcome. It's overcomable. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's just being, it's being aware, but it's so hidden in the shadows Ooh. of our mind. Yeah. So what, what about you? Is there a, <clears throat> I don't know, a money habit or a money practice or something that you brought forward from childhood, either that supports you or that, um, we try to derail you every now and again. That you I would think share, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think like just money in my family. I think the most recent that came up was with the passing of my mom and just the crazy money story that was on her side of the family. Um, on her maternal side. So her paternal side, I believe, um, they were Welch. Her grandfather, his parents moved here from Wales. And so they were very much about education for a whole, the whole family. So how do you make that happen? He married my, be my great-grandma, who they've been in America since, I think, like the second Mayflower or something. So just forever. And so on that side, it was... They had money, but then siblings would fight over money. Yeah. And just the animosity that it created. So my grandma and her mom didn't get along. She married a very wealthy man. So my grandma could cut her out of the will and said, if you marry this man, I will get you back in the will. So married a very wealthy, abusive man who was her high school friend's father. So by this point, my grandma already has two kids. She's divorced. So she does this to appease her mom. And her mom does not put her back in the will. Her mom dies. Leaves a bunch of money to my great aunt. Then my great aunt swindles my grandma out of her money. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so my grandma died hating her sister. Like, they never made amends. And so then I feel like that really impacted my mom who kind of grew up with this poor rich kid kind of thing because she grew up poor and she grew up rich. So she lived in both worlds. And so oftentimes like she would have money and then she would spend it and then there'd be no money and she'd max out her credit cards. I can remember going shopping and being like, try this card, try this card, try this card and being like, oh my God, like what's going on? And I feel like that like really did impact me. Like, okay, I got money. What am I doing with it? Cause I got it. I mean, really, how do I accumulate this and not just, you know, spend it. Whereas my dad was yeah. such a penny pitcher. Right. So he grew up probably lower middle class, blue collar dad. So for like every dime, like to the cent, like was budgeted. We'd go to the grocery store and he'd have a calculator, like totaling up the food we put in the cart. I'd be like, what are you doing? Oh, nope, what are you putting in the cart? How much is that? And so then I found as an adult, I was either holding my money so tightly and I knew it down to the penny. Or I was like, my mom, woohoo, I got money. Let's go shopping. So I'm going to spend all my money. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I really need right, to get yeah. consistent because Mm-hmm. These right. two so different, it, yeah. It's it's feast or famine. It's right or um, what's that? Uh, blow blow up or bust or something. It's just it's yeah, and it's crazy making. Yes, 
right? It's crazy making. It's like, well, good grief. Where do I need to be standing? Because I keep swinging past the pendulum. I mean, good goodness, Margaret, the story that you just told about your family is exactly the point, you know, exactly why I want to do what I'm doing because I, you know, you're a, at least you're, a, you know, you're aware of those stories because otherwise, uh, you know, a lot of people, if we're not at least aware, um, we we can't even begin to think about what we're doing down and then we just want to stand right here in the middle. We want to spend when we want to spend and not feel guilt, and we want to mm-hmm. save without sucking the life out of you know um, the joy of life. Ooh, yes, exactly. So, how about yourself? Like, what led you here? Like, what? personal money stories do you want to share about your family or about you and your journey on being wealthy with just being able to sit with that word and all that it means well so my parents were very good money managers as far as I could tell and I think that was like 90 percent 99 percent growing up she was just a brilliant woman anyway and knew where every penny went and one might say uh, almost a miser but i but here's what made her brilliant in my opinion is she wasn't just saving money she was saving with the purpose of being able to serve the fa- to serve the family and and make things happen like purchasing a piano right so she knew um there were things she's discerning about what do we really need um what would enhance the lives of the family of the kids of the you know she and my dad so it was she's very thoughtful about that now i can say that as an adult as a kid i was like come on let's go i mean as a kid i think um, through high school, I went to McDonald's maybe, you know, with my family, maybe two or three times, maybe. And all my friends, you know, their families were going through there like it was a, you know, like it was the regular milk, um, <laughs> food machine. Mm-hmm. So my, and my mother would make fabulous meals. So, and I think she would say too that since her degree was in home ec, she really was, it really was a lot of economics. So she understood how to be really responsible with her, her money. Um, and uh, the family's money, maybe I should say it that way. And then my dad had a different um, so he was the one that would sort of bring the joy, right? He really enjoyed being lavish at Christmas or birthdays. And I, I don't mean crazy lavish. I just mean um, he liked having funds. And so maybe for the Super Bowl, he would uh, go out and buy some extra soda and pretzels and potato chips. That's what we used to have. And then... Um, Memorial Day, so we lived in Colorado Springs, and I think it was uh, Labor it was Labor Day weekend. They had a huge balloon festival in the morning um, at 4 a.m., so 
we would get up. My mom's like, ah, you guys just go. And we would go and get Dunkin' Donuts. And for years, that was such a fun tradition, freezing our little tushies off, eating donuts that were probably mostly consumed before we got to the Memorial Park. Uh, so, you know, just having that joy. So there was a pretty good mix. So here's what I, why I say that. Now, if we go back to the to their grandparents, to their parents, probably I don't know if we could say is healthy um, a money relationship I know my mom's family immediate family lived in a house there were six kids and mom and dad and they lived in a house with they lived in the family house three floors seemed like about five families lived there I'm guessing in part because they really couldn't didn't have to live somewhere else right so um i know my mom watched a lot of what happened there and she would get so upset because she would go and make a purchase of i think she told me roller skates at one point brand new roller skates take them home want to go and go to play with them later and somebody had taken them and ruined them didn't take care of them just took them out and you know so so you know she became very um she might have really thoughtful about what they purchased they purchased quality and then they were you know don't ruin your thing so um yeah it uh so so what brings me to this place is part of what happened for me is I saw what they did but I didn't really learn how to do it and I had to you know I got out and I was like woo, McDonald's every day I remember having a uh, a friend well she was older she used to be a babysitter she lived in the, on the same street and she hated washing dishes well when she got married she's like when I get married we're gonna use paper plates yeah I don't know I, that didn't last very long but she did use paper plates and, <laughs> so you know some 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 of us uh, are strong-willed and we rebelled so mine was you know go through fast food I was you know it was it, it, it sort of Never mind the traditional nutritional value wasn't there, but um, compared to what my mom was making for us, because she was a really um, amazing cook. So then I, I watch what, what really hurts me now is just watching women, especially, I don't know, 20s and in their 20s and 30s feeling less than feeling demeaned by their paycheck by the money they have mm -hmm. and at first you know there's this incredible sense of energy because i'm young and i'll just keep working and it's going to catch up but here's the here's the fact that mm, a lot of positions don't give everyone a cost of living increase every year and even if they do they say the cost of living increase is three percent when you miss a year or two then you're already behind plus even though they say that by the time it's all factored in it's more like 10 percent, right the cost of living goes up because not only sometimes we also think well if i have if i'm making more money i should be able to and you know buy purchase invest um spend at a greater level it's just it's a crazy vicious cycle and and i think we're just not aware of it and but when we become aware of it 
we're, we're empowered. And then we move to this place of, uh, there's a gentleman, Chris Felton, he'll say, you know, when one, and, and I think he took this from someone else, but when money is behind, you know, you don't know how good you can be until money is behind you. Right. You don't know how good you can be until you can cross off. Money is not in, you know, wreaking havoc with your choices in your life. Then you say, okay, because I can, I can uh, pay for the education that I need or want, the trips that I want to be healthy, the self-care, right? And mm-hmm. I can give it, give money away into the causes that are important to me. I can expand my horizons because I have money to invest. I mean, it's right. That's a very amazing platform to stand on in the world. That's what I want for women. And, it's, and, and I suppose I want it for men too, but men seem to have easier access to that. Uh, uh, you know, I, I reserve the right to get smart about that later, but my focus is on helping women. Oh, yes. Help them get money behind them or even just work with what they have. Well, first work with what they have. Right? Yes. Yes. It's not an Smarter, it's not wiser. An <laughs> right. It's not an overnight fix. It's kind of no. like gaining weight. Yes. You well, know. everything. Like, and I think you hit on a good point there. Like our society is such a quick fix society exactly. that anything lasting, it's going to take work. It's going to take time. I feel like you and I both are getting to the deep roots of stuff and that takes time. You know, so often people are like, oh, I feel this. I feel that. Give me a pill. Throw money at it, whatever it is. And said, okay, let me do the deep work. I know I still work on my money stuff. Like that stuff will still come up every now and then. And I've worked on it probably about as much as I have my own personal like mental health, right? It's a journey. It's not like, okay, I want to be a millionaire give me a formula. Oh, I don't want to be depressed anymore. Just give me a pill or whatever. No, it's how do I work with what I have and then make it better? Mm-hmm. Yes. Persistence. Yes. And mm-hmm. dedication. <laughs> yeah. Keep coming back to it. You know, know where you want to get to and know that it's possible. Um, I, I'm not sure that most women even know that this is a possibility for them to get control of their money. Ooh. There's so much emotion, right? There's so much emotion tied up, tied up. Yes, and our money. Yes, <clears throat> and that's sad so, that they don't even know that they can like, have it or obtain it or even. Yeah, that just hurts my heart thinking that. But then I think about it, and it is true. Just thinking back, like in my life and people I know, and you know, all of that. Yeah, this is probably a good time of year to be thinking about that. No one's asking. I don't know, um, people, what are the, some of the tips they use to not overspend during the holiday season? And um, one of my favorites, a woman was talking about, she knows how much money she has to spend. She takes it out, has it in cash, one envelope. When it's empty, it's empty. That requires Ooh. incredible discipline, too. But It 
right? Oh, yes, because that's know. a good point. The holidays. So what do you tell women? Because so often money and love get put together, especially at the holidays. Who can give the best gift, the biggest gift? Who can? For years, I always wanted to donate for people, <clears throat> talk about money stuff, because my boyfriend would be like, that's not a gift. Da, 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 da. So funny this year, my daughter's like, I think I'm going to donate money in people's names for gifts this year. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like that, like it got to her. Right. Cause I was just like, ah, I, that makes the holidays less enjoyable when you're like, okay, who's getting me what I now have to go get them something. I don't want to get them something that they may or may not like, they may or may not use because it's the, holidays so I have to spend money and go get you a gift that I don't know like I like those heartfelt gifts like when your friend goes out of town and they're like oh my god so I went to visit family in wherever and I saw this at a gas station and thought of you and I'm like oh like that means more to me than here it's Christmas I know you like baths so I got you this bath basket and half the time right it's like oh Thank you. I love the thought, but I can't stand that smell or whatever it is, right? And then it's a waste of money. <laughs> I like that. Well, appreciate you. Thanks for thinking of me. And I will never open this. Yeah. Um, or put it to use. That's where I think that's what fueled regifting myself, but that's just a personal. Oh, yeah. Definitely belief. regifting, being like, okay, um, ooh. <laughs> Who wants this? Because it's nice. So I just think money could go better places. Years ago, I had a therapist and she said that the holidays became experiences. So she would ask each of her kids what experience they wanted to have, of course, within her limit. So she'd let them know. And I took that on. And like with my daughter and my stepson, being like, okay, let's go look at lights. Let's go to the zoo lights. Let's go to the Nutcracker. Let's go have these experiences because she had the point experiences last longer. Those stay in our memories. We're not going to remember the gifts we got last year. We'll remember that we went to a play or on a horse-drawn carriage ride or whatever it is. Yeah, that's what I was. That's where I would was gonna go. That's what my piece is experiences. I think that's. Uh, yeah, I think they're, it's more sustainable, and I I don't know that it has to do with money. Um, right, it can simply be time together, if we can be together right now. But um, we're time doing something in common. I know I. I did not. I could not and did not, I suppose, compete with my niece and nephew's parents. They they were able to give and get for the kids the things that they wanted. So my 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 take was, oh, what kind of experiences can we have together? And I, you know, I took them up to the wolf sanctuary in Woodland Park and we went to a pottery store and and actually i got a a piggy bank and they all they painted it together i mean just uh, just those times together invaluable nothing nothing glamorous or glitzy but opportunity for conversation and dialogue um one point 
taking, remember taking my, uh, probably at least my niece and nephew to the Denver Zoo. And my nephew was probably in second grade, maybe first grade, but probably in second grade. And I see him standing and he's looking at this sign that has an elephant on it. And I think the word elephant. And i watching his face and I can see that he is crossing over that line in, you know, when we learn how to read and understanding why, oh, that's what that means. That's what the sign is telling me of where to go. It was just, you know, I don't know, maybe it was, partly it was experiences for them, but also experiences for me to, you know, re-experience or have a different experience of what it means to be a child. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. And that didn't have money tied up in it. Mm-hmm. So money well, is not always an expression. It, it is for right, some right. people <clears throat> an expression of love. Right. So my piece has been much more about, you know, the experience and sometimes shock value because I value that position of being the crazy aunt. Um, so then the universe has been good at helping me to create that. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> create the fun, that crazy aunt, the exciting aunt, not the <laughs> crazy and not the family members. Like, oh, yeah, they would they. They're not all there. Watch what you say to them. That's what I think of when I think of like the crazy family member that and you're like, yeah, no, they got I, a couple I, marbles loose. Yes. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure my family wouldn't say I have a couple, couple uh, marbles loose. <clears throat> my niece would be in ballet performances and everyone would give her flowers. I was like, so what can I give her instead of flowers? And so one year I gave her <clears throat> I got a big old pot of pre-planted lettuce from Whole Foods. So her bouquet was lettuce. I don't know. They might. They, some of them probably thought my marbles were loose. The other ballerinas were like, that's really odd. But my niece appreciated the uniqueness of the gift and, you know, that she got one. And so she was often, you know, curious, what the heck did she bring me this time? It was, you know... That was fun. That is fun. And it's creative and it's sustainable, right? right? And it's those Mm -hmm. things that last. Why am I going to give you flowers Mm -hmm. when I can give Mm -hmm. you a plant? Well, it wasn't, it was lettuce. I mean, it was also. It's edible, right? Right. Yeah. And so for a little bit, it was something that she could could do. Because the reason I say that is I wasn't just going for a, a, a plant that would grow. I wanted something really unusual. Um, and that's why I like that piece. Well, that's fun too. And it's exciting and it creates that, like we're talking about memory, right? She's mm-hmm. not going to remember all the bouquets of flowers she got. She's going to be like, oh yeah. This one time my aunt got me a head of lettuce. She planted mm-hmm. and potted a head of lettuce. And we remember that. Like that becomes the stories that we share with people. And that yeah. connects us to people. And that's mm. what's important is connect. 
they don't make it easy all the time and helping women see that that money is a way that they can connect and share their gifts and not just I don't know like you were saying earlier like money we don't have a good relationship with money I don't know about you but with clients I talk about like what is your relationship with money like is it a lover Mm -hmm. is it like your frenemy like what is it and how do we get money to be like a lover or a best friend and not a frenemy because I think most people would say frenemy is how they treat money that's probably true yeah we want to partner with money yeah yeah a lot to really support what we you know we're in partnership we're we're together moving this energy right money is energy Mm-hmm. For the for our betterment, the betterment of the, the the larger group. Yes. So how do we feel about it? What are we doing with it? What are those little, you know, hacks or whatever that we do with our money so that we feel mm-hmm. an alliance with it? I knew somebody that when they spent money, they would whisper to their money, "Bring me back your friends." <laughs> And I just loved that to kind of like help them work with like their wealth and just be like, Hey, thank you. Bring me back your friends. And they said that it worked. Like if they were tight on money, they found that if they just did this little ritual, oftentimes they had more flow in their life. And it could just be because she wasn't blocking the flow now. I'm going to do that. I love that. I I love money practices, right? That's a cool one. Bring me back your friends. I know it's fun. Well, that makes sense if we're in partnership, you know. It's like, here's what I need. I love you. Thank you for yes. being here. Yes, even that, like, thank you. And making thank it you. possible, making my life possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, those Oops. little hacks that we can do. So it's not like, ah, I have to pay my bills. Okay. Yeah. I get to pay my bills because I got money in the bank. So thank you, money, for everything you do keeping me clothed and sheltered and food in my belly and I found that I don't know about you but that gratitude has helped with my relationship with money Mm -hmm. yes so much so so do you find that since you're working with people with their around their money is that is that the trauma or is it money often is a part of the equation of what of the trauma Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if I've ever looked at like how those two interact, but they both carry shame, right? Money carries shame, trauma carries shame, and shame is a a big one I work with because it seems like whoever you are, you are carrying some sort of shame with you. What? Uh-oh. Did I lose you? No, I hear you. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. There you are. Do you find people are have carry money shame or? Uh, I suppose, but so to me so this is a personal thing when 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 defining something with everybody then it's to me it sort of defeats the purpose of explaining it it's like i remember when i was growing up 
um, everyone is in, lives in a dysfunctional family. And I'm like, huh? So I had a, a teacher, I think, in, uh, in junior high that said, well, if everybody's experienced it, it must be normal. <laughs> you, know, mm. like, you know, it's a part of the human experience. I, I, uh, shame is alive and well. I'm totally, I'm with you on that. I'm not sure. I guess, so he would tell me, because when I, when I to make a statement, everyone has money shame. To me, that in part makes me feel like I can't get out of it. I can't transcend it. So how do you experience that? Because that's, that's why I, I pause because like, I think yeah, it goes back to the person, right? Sometimes that's normalizing. Oh, okay. Money shame. That's part of life. So how am I working with my money shame? Right. Cause shame is one of those things we don't like to talk about because it's shame. Shame. So we are yeah. trying to hide it when it's like, okay, if shame is part of life, then how am I working with shame? Cause it's one of those things like we try to push away because we're ashamed of it. So it's not like, it's- Oh yeah, I did this. When we're ashamed of it. So like, okay, how are we bringing that to the forefront? If that's your story, maybe like, I have no money shame. I don't care. All right, great. Check that box off next. Right. And maybe so I they mean, work in mental health, like shame is right. alive and well where you are. Yes. Well, that's why people alive. come. But yes. can they let it, can, but, but can they, can they have an experience with, can they release their shame? yes okay so so that's where i am i'm just trying to i i just want to be sure people understand it It, it, you know one let's let's be aware of it but two it doesn't need to define you or who you are or your experience Ooh. yes so with money shame is something different than our experiences with shame because oftentimes shame does define us and our experiences right because we all have those things that we're ashamed of and we're not like oh hey by the way when I was this old I did this right those things that we're ashamed of until we can call it out you know I think about like when I was a teenager I ran around with gangs and I carried that shame forever I didn't let anybody know that until finally I was doing personal work and it was like y'all let this go like let that skeleton out of the closet like stop you know you were stop a gang member that. oh I yeah i hung around that. with gangs yeah and it was i carried a lot of deep shame about that until i did work about okay i was a very lonely very sad very isolated person and here's these gang members like yeah we'll be your friend so <laughs> i i can see where it happens because that you know was part of my life back then and now it's like okay yeah I still kind of like ah not something like yeah let me talk about this experience but I can so so there's so from in from my mind there's a difference between shame that I brought on myself and shame that someone puts on me so I I find that money shame is more of something that's put on someone. You can then go do something that was, you know, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I spent all my money at the racetrack or whatever. But 
I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to, I don't know. My piece is to lift the veil that you are not your shame. Yes. Right. But there's You're nothing human... wrong with you. Right. I think that like, if we go with Brene Brown. Right. Queen of shame. Shame is there something wrong with me. Like guilt is I've done something wrong. Shame is. Right. There is so something take... wrong with me. Right. So we take that guilt and we make it. But, you know, so you join gang, hung out with gangs, and you could feel guilty about that. But to, but but for whatever reason, it moved to shame, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Whereas, um, if I overspend my, what's in a, you know, I spend more than what I have in my bank account, there could be guilt. I guess I, you know, and somebody can move to shame. But it seems to me that shame. I don't, uh, you know, I I don't have your studied wisdom in this area, but it just feels like shame um, seems to require outside help or an action seems to require outside help to become shame. And 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 that's you know your original question was you know what's the biggest money block for women and I and I do believe that is it's ancestral, and it's systemic, and that's those are all external forces putting the money shame on. Yes, I like that because then it's right? that like Instead your example of, right. I spent all right. my money. Now right. I'm a bad person, and that goes right. to the systemic and ancestral money stuff that you're talking about. Right. If you go to shame. Otherwise, if you if we get healthy, we know. Well, I made a mistake. I, you know, I carried two when I should have carried four in my subtraction, and then I would have known I didn't have that money in there. So, or I didn't look, or I didn't care, and then mm-hmm. I'm responsible for it. I'm not. I know. I I love Brene Brown's work. I guess. Um, I don't know. Does everyone have shame? I I. I can think of a person who, you know, right now who doesn't seem to show shame for anything in the White House, right? Yes, but is he a sociopath or a narcissist? Because I think those people (laughs) who have that different brain do not feel shame. Their brain is not wired to feel shame. so So the statement might be more accurate to say then that healthy people sane people have shame because yeah. when we say everybody has shame that's why you know I go back to that thing as I'm, I'm like well if everybody has it then it must be normal yeah. or at well, least shame typical. is normal right it's typical I can I'm trying to think I don't I can't think of one person that I in my personal life that has not experienced shame I can think of like celebrities or the person in the White House but in my personal life, I think, yeah, except for that maybe rare person that I'm just like, wait, what? You, wow, you don't see what, you don't see the guilt that could lead to shame in the story you're telling me. Hmm. Ah, very interesting. I'm gonna have to let that one soak because I don't know. <laughs> wow, that's. I'm just like curious because like we're talking about like money blocks and what blocks us and keeps us from even like ancestral right there can be shame like the story I shared earlier that 
that carried a lot of shame from my grandma, from my mom. Right. And now I'm just like, yeah, that sucks. That happened. That's, that's not my story. That's your story. So if we go with the, you know, the Vanderbilts or the Rockefellers or I don't know that they had money shame. They might have had shame something else, but I don't know that they had money shame. No, they owned it. There's like, did you see, I saw the headline, Matthew McConaughey was teaching his children to be rich and proud or something like that, the headline. And I paused for a minute and I was like, wow, okay. He's teaching them not to have shame over where they are in life. Isn't that brilliant? Yes, but for a lot of people, they're probably like, right? Because at first, that like gut reaction is kind of like, you're what? And I'm like, oh, that is actually smart, right? But that first thing was like, because we, so maybe that's it. People shame or blame people that have what they don't. Well, you have money, so that's unfair. So I'm going to put you in this bad people category or whatever it is. Well, I'm going to villainize you. Yeah, it's because I have, I'm not, I don't envy you. I'm jealous. And I am in fear um, because I feel like there's something lacking in me. So I'm, (laughs) I'm demeaning you, right? Um, Mm. And you have money and you've made it work and you may have worked hard and you have the money, but I am, you said demonize, I'm making you bad. Yes. For, for, because of my shortcoming, not because of yours. Yes. Right? It's completely mine. It's, yes. Uh, that's, that's a different piece. And jealousy. That to me is unhealthy. You hit it right there. Jealousy, right? And that, right. Reworking jealousy. I read in a book, I don't remember what book. But the author said that if you're jealous of over something somebody has, then you just remind yourself. And I think her little mantra, what God has done for others, God can do for me. And if you don't like the word God, you can put universe in there to kind of like, oh, I'm jealous that you have a million dollars instead of demonizing you. Okay. I well, just now know I want a million dollars. Right. So the difference between, right, jealousy and envy. I envy you. I envy you that relation. I envy your healthy relationship. And then I can go and I can have that too. But if I'm jealous, I'm, I mean, I'm making you wrong or bad. It's not a healthy something. Oh. Right. But if I envy that, I mean, I, There you go. Yeah. Oh, there you are. You envy? That's I all envy. I heard. I was waiting with Uh-oh. bated breath to, for you uh-huh. to finish that. I was like, you envy? And then silence. I envy the president of the United States, any of them, because they have someone at 2 a.m. They can call down to the kitchen and have them whip up a plate of, you know, eggs and bacon and, you know, and uh, waffles in the home. I envy that. I'm not jealous. I just, I would love to have that. That'd be pretty cool. I'd love to have my own butler to do that. Opposed to, uh, you know, when we're jealous, it's like, then there's something wrong with me. 
and you, right? When we're envy, we just, something else we, it's like, I can appreciate that other people have things I don't have and I'd love to have them, <laughs> but I'm not giving up my soul to have them or I don't know. I just I have to think on how to say that more clearly, but there is a difference. And, um, you know, jealousy is keeping up with the Joneses when you don't have the money to do that. Ooh, I just love how you put all of that. Mm. Like the Thank difference you. between envy and jealousy and what that means for you and your money story and how are you, you know, using that. Right. Have a healthy relationship with money and even just or in general right like yeah i do envy that the president has a butler that can make him eggs bacon and waffles at two in the morning that would be nice but i i'm not going to sacrifice myself to have that yeah yeah so that just so we can give ourselves permission to want what others what we see others have without taking anything away from ourselves or others yeah when we get into jealousy you know then we're like wanting to get in their stuff Mm -hmm. yeah all right ma'am all right Ooh, any final words good question to start us out (laughs) yeah that's what i was thinking about i was like this is her jam like i'm curious like i want to know more well, it sounds like it's your jam as well. So, very cool. Well, everything's my jam. No, just kidding. No, like just right. money because well, that impacts right? our life, right? Yeah, it's all relevant. So, then it's like, you know, where am I with money? And, you know, and you are the wealth expert. So, then it's like, oh, what wisdom can I glean from you in my journey? You are. You are most generous. One of these future times, let's have a conversation about what of wealth. You know, what is it? Yes, we can do that next week. So then people can be waiting with bated breath mm. about wealth and what is it and all of that. What bated That's breath a very smells like. Yeah, let's triggered talk word, right? Mm-hmm. Wealth, let's, that is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can collectively shift a more yes. affirming perspective of that yeah yes and i have to write down my little favorite quote about wealth that i love that has nothing to do with money yeah about, how about that i have to look it up because i don't remember it but it's about the next billionaire is somebody that impacts a billion lives mm-hmm. jason silva did like a little video about it and i was like that flipped my world around. I was like, whoa, mm. that's different. Yes. I like that. Ooh, so next week we're going to talk about wealth. All right. All right. Well, you have a beautiful week. And as always, I'm always humbled and honored to do this with you. Yeah. I am as well. I I so appreciate the enthusiasm and the thoughtfulness and the wisdom. So bring it. Likewise. Yes. So have a beautiful week and I will talk with you next week.
but you have to tell people where they can find you first. Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Forward Kind Heart. You can always drop me an email at MargaretBellCounseling at gmail.com. Shauna. Wow. Yeah, and you can find me at Wild Well Creation on Instagram uh, or text me at 720-459-4225. All right. It's all good. Until next week. Later, woman. Bye. Bye.